Hey y'all, welcome back to another week of Imani Talks Astrology. It is your host, Imani, and I am so over this season. I am ready for it to be over, but I'm also very grateful for this season. So, I guess this week, my love language is gratitude um my love language is perfection because this moment is is perfect and i hope that that's something that we all can embody and learn to embody as we become more equanimous in our understanding and acceptance of our reality And so, yes, even though I want this season to be over, this moment is still very perfect. This week, we're talking about this full moon in Virgo, um, as well as Mercury Direct. This episode, there are a couple of different things that I'd like to read from. I know most of y'all are familiar with that. Um, Since sometimes, you know, it's good to hear words that just really pull everything together very 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 nicely and so I will reference a couple things that I've mentioned on my story over the last few weeks since the end of February because the messages about this full moon have been coming in for a while even though I haven't recorded until today I would encourage you if you do not already on Instagram of course I post um, well, I try to, as often as I can, post something related to a astrological transit that's happening, um, or I will post things in my story. So another thing that we'll talk about that I want to mention is Jupiter and the stock market and our financial system, um, because that is also something very important to kind of mention. So I'll probably maybe 15 minutes at the end dedicate to that we'll see if I don't oh well maybe I'll record a video I'll likely record a video um instead and put it on Instagram there I've decided okay cool so this full moon is of course happening in Virgo and we're having a worm moon Uh, I believe this is a super moon as well and so what is the worm moon the worm moon is when the worms <laughs> reemerge out of the soil and are visible um, for birds to be able to start to feed on them. Of course, the return of birds, even though birds never really go away, there are lots of winter birds, um, is a sign of the reemergence of winter. Oops, sorry, my bad, of spring. So we're aware that spring is coming back. I think one other thing that's really important to mention about what worms are, especially in relation to our ecosystem and why it's incredibly important, um, is the worm's relationship to dissolving. Decomposition. It is a decomposer. And so what do decomposers do? They take all of the dead matter that kind of sits at the surface of the um, 
soil as things die, whether it be leaves, animals, other materials, fungi. And, you know, fungi are also decomposers, vultures. They help to recycle and reintegrate this dead matter into the soil and to into things that will allow the ecosystem to continue to thrive. It decomposers show us that there is an importance of death. When we think about um, composting, it is about decomposition. Um, it is about things dying and becoming something else, which ultimately is what the mutable season of Pisces is all about. It kind of dissolves uh, the rest of what is winter. The snow starts to melt. You know, the ground becomes bare and the emergence of spring starts to become very, very obvious during this season, right? We thaw things out. So this is, as I mentioned, a season that is a deep excavation. And this theme of the deep excavation is one that will continue beyond Pisces season and echo throughout the year, especially with the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction, which is coming up. Now, I've mentioned it in the past, and I've said, (laughs) and I'm just saying, I'm just stating a fact in astrology, it has been associated with, you know, major deaths um, that have been high-ranking, if you can pick up what I'm putting down. Um, yeah. And I think I mentioned that during the, um, the episode about the, uh, Mercury retrograde that we had last summer in Leo that backed all the way into the sign of cancer. Just saying. Anyway. Um, so... This full moon is one that can be a little bit unconsciously draining. Um, And you might have felt it more leading up to it. You may feel it more afterwards. It depends. It always varies from person to person. So definitely I've encouraged people to be careful of substance use um, and overexertion and working yourself really hard. It's definitely a time, this entire season, where it's just been like, slow down and like, do what you can. And if you can't do it all, it's okay. And of course, the Virgo moon is like, no, 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 no. Like, it has to get done. It has to get done. But I think what you'll find um, is that there's always time for the right work, which is something that Virgos have to learn. And it's something that a Virgo has taught me, Adrienne Marie Brown. Um so definitely, especially when it comes to like caffeine, I like I had one cup of tea this morning and it was way too much. Um, when it comes to caffeine and like sugar in particular and just knowing, you know, there's lots of sugar headed, hidden in like canned foods and lots of different um, processed foods and stuff like that. So definitely be careful. Pick up a fruit or a vegetable instead when you can. What this illuminates For us, especially given the fact that Sun is conjunct Neptune at this time, is this way that we extend ourselves to the point in which 
we just cannot, right? And that works in a lot of different ways in which we can become so dissociated from what it is that our bodies need from us and are asking of us so that we can show up the way that we want to, right? And the way that we need to for other people. And this is something that both Virgos and and Pisceans, as well as a number of other signs do as well. There is a self-deception. There is an escaping from self. And there may be a temporary sense of vitality that we feel from being very dreamy and a little bit dissociative and wanting to save and help and to to do everything, especially if right now there are lots of things that are associated with your mission, right? A lot of really important things that are coming up for you to do that you may not have the energy for or having those things and trying to do it all, right? Where it's like, okay, I have to manage this, 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 and this, and this, right? I've definitely had this experience over the last couple of weeks. Um and so it is a bit of a messy full moon in which there is this awareness if you I think if you're someone who has realized this habit in yourself early on in this uh moon cycle during Pisces season because of course this is something that we've been working up to seeing and understanding about ourselves right as we've had the new moon and as we've had the first quarter moon and as we'll have the full moon and the next moon, right? We've been working our way up to our awareness of this, right? As we've been asked to, in the the new moon, say, hey, like, I want to show up compassionate and ready to love unconditionally. And then in the interim weeks being shown all of the things that lie within the path of being able to embody that, right? And all of that is something that pulls us deeper into ourselves. We talk about a deep excavation and we talk about decomposition, right? There's lots of raw materials and things that have died, whether it's habits, you know, and certain relationships with people, you know, certain ways of doing things that have died that we need to go through and clean up and get rid of as the spring is starting to emerge. Because let me tell you, airy season this year is so packed with so many really transformative, strong and intense transits that it will be very easy to get swept away and it will be very easy to get left behind or feel far behind or feel like you can't catch up. And right now, this full moon is really about decomposing what kind of remains, all of the things that are kind of lying at the surface, not even at the surface, within the depths, changing all of that into something that can feed what we're going into next. And so given the fact that there is a strong relationship that it has to this Mercury retrograde that has just ended today, there is an awareness of lots of old stories that we've told ourselves about things 
lots of reasons why we couldn't do something, lots of, as I've mentioned, you know, cognitive distortions that we have about our reality that impact our ability to want to embody compassion and unconditional love, right? And so it's, yes, this is what you want to do. We need to kind of rework some of this, uh, you know, dying kind of things that remain around us and clear it out of the way, right? When you look at soil that's not healthy and it doesn't have um, decomposers or other, you know, you know, whether it be worms, fungi, birds, or whatever other, you know, um, creatures that can kind of thrive in that area. If you've looked and seen, look it up. Pictures of what um, the ground looks like when there are not decomposers. Everything that's dying just starts to mold instead of it naturally becoming a part of the that ecosystem and, and a nutrient, right? That's what when things die, they become, right? And so when you kind of think about how when we tell these same stories to ourselves over and over again, especially when we're in a space in which during during a time where people come back to into our lives and we just kind of keep telling ourselves the same story about why this particular issue keeps coming back up, why this particular person keeps coming back, it just becomes gross and it's mold. What do we do with mold? We want to avoid it. We want to throw it away. We're like, how do we prevent this mold, right? But what if we had the decomposition of or decomposing elements of ourselves available to kind of recycle and compost all of the yuck that people bring back into our lives so that the next time that something like that comes back around we are well equipped to deal with it and transmute it into something that is nourishing and is able to feed us and again serve that greater purpose and function of moving us towards unconditional love and compassion that we embody for ourselves and that we embody for other people, right? The stories, you know, about why we can't or about why we need to entertain this particular situation in a way or why we are a victim into this particular situation sits on the access of this victimhood as well as martyr complex um, that uh, kind of, teeter-totters when we're dealing with the Piscean and Virgo access, right? Where it's, I do so much for, you know, even being a martyr can turn into being a victim in a way where it's like, I do so much for people and I'm sacrificing myself and they need to appreciate me and they need to this, 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 and this, and like, I'm doing so much. And you're watching your body, your mind, all of these different parts of yourself deteriorate because of how much you're extending outside of you, because you feel like there's this sense of gratitude that people must extend to you because they're doing that for you. When we're a victim, we're being, we're losing, you know, life will not be fair. People don't understand. This doesn't work out. People are out to get me, you know, it's the same two um, paradigms that people go back and forth between. So, One thing that I wrote um, to kind of get into the aspects. So a really big element of this is self-deception. And remember that self-deception goes into two directions, right? It goes into the 
direction of, in this instance, we're talking victimhood on one end and martyrdom on the other, where we think that we're doing this really good thing by doing so much for people that don't necessarily deserve it, or putting our time and energy into things that we don't need to do right now because the only person that we need to save and martyr for is ourselves, right? Um, And so those two different ends of the spectrum. I think one thing that kind of is highlighted for me, I don't know why this is something that I wrote, but it's, we are imperfect. Ah, yes. We are imperfect and the people outside of us are equally imperfect, right? And that's what is perfect, right? And so being able to acknowledge that. And so especially when we're thinking about the victimhood and martyr um, dumb complexes that exist so often in the way that we navigate our everyday, right? Um, in remembering the imperfection that we have, as well as the imperfection that other people have, that's what allows it to be a space in which we say we need to decompose this rather than this is going to turn to mold because this is disgusting. I hope this is making sense. There, one other thing that I wrote is, are you over it or have you created another complex coping mechanism or cognitive distortion. So that's another thing that kind of seemed to be uh, very um, evident to me because there is a lot of energy of just being able, willing to just kind of like jump into like something completely different you know, in the, the best and worth, worst way, right? Where there's, um, we have uh, Venus um, was in conjunct Uranus. And so there is naturally a freedom that people yearned, especially feeling independent, feeling, you know, very, um, well, I'll talk about this in the two ways that this may, may kind of occur. So it's this intense amount of freedom and awareness of your value that you may kind of feel. Um, There may be a need for space or an awareness of how closed off or limited your version of self-value is for yourself. This also could be um, money breakthroughs or breakdowns so for some people you may have come into a very recently come into like a um um sorry I'm drinking tea a some a recent loss of money or valuable items um which isn't necessarily related to the themes that I said before but it is there or having some sort of breakdown of some sort of standard of beauty that you may have or even a breakdown in appearance or some sort of radical transformation that's there. But overall, what I think the Venus conjunct Uranus energy is really asking us is how do we find freedom and liberation in our relationships to other people? And so there is, you know, I think on the first level, it's like, oh, wow, like, this needs to change or I need to double down on this. But then there is the need to kind of go back and kind of follow over your steps, especially within the next couple of months or so, to make sure 
that what you're aware of what place that is coming from. Um, there is also an awareness that comes of how maybe wild and unconventional some of your ideas of value or ideas around money and beauty may be. And so there is this element of while there is, you know, kind of sitting in this deep pool of awareness of self-deception, there is also this opportunity to free oneself from it. When Venus catches up to um, Neptune, um, as well as when it makes some really nice aspects to Jupiter and Pluto and Saturn within the next month, um, I think it's going to help carry this conversation um, and this awareness that you have of maybe some of the ways that you've deceived yourself. And maybe some of these things are things that you've worked through um, for a while and kind of realized and naturally kind of came into. I feel like there's always like two groups of people with the with the full moon. There's the people who like, okay, I've been doing this work. It does not surprise me that this is coming up now. Like, ah, okay, this makes sense now. And then there's the what the fuck is going on type of people, right? And there's nothing wrong or right with being either of those people. That's absolutely fine. But I think the what's important is the more that you have uh, the raise your awareness, um, the more obvious some of these cycles become. One of the things that also kind of points out to me that I mentioned when I have posted um, about the full moon in my um, on on my Instagram, let me turn this heater off. It's so fucking hot. Um, is this um, full moon's relationship to the bodies of existence? So there was. Let me pull this up so that I can look at it as I talk to you. There is. So with the Pisces sun, there is the struggle with the Pisces sun, which is also kind of similar. Well, no, I'll compare the signs Leo and Pisces in a way where there is this larger than life um, way that they both experience life, but in two very different ways where sun in Leo is like, I am the sun, right? Like I provide light for this universe. And, you know, I, well, not this universe, ha ha ha, I think sometimes, you know, Leos think that the universe does revolve around them, but you have to remember that the sun is only one of many stars, right? And I feel like the Pisces sun perspective takes on that, where it's like, yes, I am sitting with the sun, but I also transcend my importance for the people and beings that need this light, there is also light that goes beyond that, right? Which is why Pisceans lots of times can have um which why did a, a Pisces just message me as I'm like recording? That's so funny. Anyway, they're like, I'm here. They have this real is and talking about energetic bodies. That is so funny. Hi, I know you're listening right now. Um the um It's Pisceans have such difficulty, especially living and existing in society the way it is now, because there isn't really much attention that we pay to the body beyond the physical body, right? We are very feel very limited by design. Um and by design I don't mean like physically, like yes, but like I mean like institutionally, we feel very small 
and out of and lots of things feel out of our control, right? And the Piscean archetype, as well as the Sagittarian archetype, really go against that idea. It's I am so much more than my body, you know, and that's what where compassion and unconditional love comes from because it is boundless. It is something that is extended to everyone. And so there is this awareness that we have in Pisces season, you know, as especially as we're doing this deep excavation, as we're like chipping away at this, what's happening inside of us and see also seeing it mirrored outside of us. The more we pay attention to our inner world, the more that we see it reflected outside of us. And so Of course, if anyone is familiar with koshas, right, it kind of speaks to the various levels and bodies that we have. We have our physical body, we have our breath body, we have our emotional body, we have our intellectual body, which is the mental body, and then the bliss body, which is the spiritual body, and outside of that is pure consciousness, right? That is our actual essence that is not have a particular container, right? It is the ether that we are outside of our existence as human. The the second um, thing that I posted was a circle in between the mind and the bliss body was discernment. And I felt like that was very important to kind of mention because that is the kind of key word that the moon and Virgo is really keying us into, right? It's saying, yes, I understand you are more than your body. Yes, other people matter. Yes, compassion, unconditional love. Where is the discernment? The mind is receiving information. There is a filter in between the mind and the spirit, the mental body of existence and the spiritual body of existence or the bliss body, right? And so there is a lot of information that is trying to reach us, right? And I mean this in a very spiritual sense. I think, and I'll talk a bit about Neptune after I say this, there is a lot of information that's trying to get to us from guides, higher self, you'll see it in your dreams, you'll see it in, you know, every day. And it's very important to kind of tune into your body and tune into your mind because lots of the things that you should be doing or things related to your mission are kind of being ricocheted away from your mind, away from you and away from a um, inspired action that you're meant to take because there is this lack of control or lack of awareness of what's happening for you at the mental level, right? And so the thing with Virgos, especially with the Virgo moon, is being able to, and I have a Virgo moon, I think it is like one of the best moon placements ever, and I say this as someone who's experienced the difficulties of it as well, it's being able to compartmentalize what you feel, and not to the point where you're ignoring what you feel, but where you can make sense of what information is coming in for you, right? And also being able to kind of discern, this is intuition, this is nonsense. Wait, this is a habit pattern that I see very often that I have, or this is a tendency that I have to to kind of warp these ideas and things that are coming into my mind, right? I think lots of times we do receive intuitive guidance, 
but when we're thinking about our intuitive guidance as not necessarily belonging to our mental body, but our spiritual body, those two different kind of parts of ourselves are kind of fighting with each other over how or how you'll receive a message, if you'll receive a message. And this kind of goes back to what I was saying about dreams, right? Um, Dreams and the things that we feel inspired to do and move towards, especially things that are in alignment with our purpose and what we're meant to do. It can be very difficult, especially when some of these restrictions that we see may kind of show up very physically, right? I'll talk I'll even share my own story about something that I just had a kind of breakthrough with today. So I have had, you know, a history of being a a really great student, right, for for most of my life. But definitely when I went to college and when Neptune started transiting my Pisces stelium, there was this underlying pattern of self-sabotage that began to emerge. And as a result... I ended up losing a full ride. I went to Howard University. I ended up losing my scholarship um, and having to take out student loans to be able to cover the rest of the time that I was going to spend at the university. And I didn't really kind of pay too much attention to any of those things. I didn't really know what that meant. All I knew is that I needed to kind of finish school, which I kind of half-assed did, right? And so now I'm at this point in my life where I know exactly what I feel inspired to do and what matters to me and want to go into that direction. And I've had to kind of sort through this mess that I've created with my student loans to be able to even do that, right? And again, realizing at the core, even though this thing kept coming up and I've been kind of, you know, actively avoiding it for years, realizing this avoidance pattern that I have because of some of the cognitive distortions that I had about what was going on, right? There's no solution for this. I can't do this. This doesn't make any sense. You know, all of, you know, these other things. But there was a moment in which I had to make this empowered decision to become completely aware of what it is that I'm dealing with, you know, and being able to kind of pick apart the facts Um, from what I'm feeling. And it's not that what I'm feeling isn't important, but the facts and the things that are practical about it is what is important to kind of look at. And so what you're, I guess I, I mentioned this to say, you know, it's both of those things, right? That the Virgo moon is saying. It's saying, yes, your feelings matter. Yes, they are important. No, we don't need to push what you're feeling away. Let's put that here. Let's put what we're feeling in this box. And we're feeling a lot, okay? So, like, let's put it there. Can we label what we're feeling? Okay, cool. We can label what we're feeling. What are some of the physical ways that we can work with this? What is it that I need to provide for myself to work through this? Okay, so I need space from people. I need people to get the fuck away from me so that I can think. I need to talk to people who know something about this thing, right? I need to think about what options that I have on the table for dealing with this thing, right? It's this very streamlined, I can fix it kind of energy that we're being asked to have as we're receiving a shitload of uh downloads and information that may not make a lot of sense to us right now and it's being able to take the time to sit you know I was watching um 
Amanda Ellis's video about March and she was talking about it's the video is titled him to the silence she was talking about making room for silence making about 2015 however many minutes you have available to you a day to just being silent and sitting with yourself no phone no nothing you know we have a world that put makes us focus so much outside of ourselves and so of course it's really easy with this energy to again go into the directionhood of victor victimhood or martyrdom and kind of even just go back and forth between those two things right but it's being able to kind of make the empowered decision to kind of discern well one what you have the time and energy to do something about but it's the empowered decision that you make to do that right we have the moon in a nice trine to both Jupiter and Pluto. So we have an opportunity to be empowered and feel powerful emotions, right? And feel emotionally powerful as well. We also have the opportunity to use our, what we feel as a opportunity to grow and to move into a direction that's going to allow us to compartmentalize in a healthy way what's kind of going on for us emotionally so that we can kind of deal with that and especially since we have this mercury retrograde in this chart i think it's important to mention that at the time of the full moon the mercury had not stationed direct there is an opportunity to take since mercury is back in aquarius you know and in a uh air sign to kind of take an objective structured look at what's kind of going on and make sense of it right for ourselves and to be able to take a second look at the way that we're thinking about things especially if there are obstacles in your way right now where maybe it is that you're kind of panicking or focusing on a lot of other things so that you don't have to focus on that particular thing and being able to realize that that's what you're doing right the thing about the full moon I thought was really funny that, that I saw is that it's about, it's a culmination. Um, it's about culmination, right? Which is like, ah, the awareness, or it's a falling apart of two functions. So with the full moon, we have this opportunity to align the two needs of these things, or we have the opportunity to watch these two things fall apart. And I think this uh, moon really highlights the importance of taking care of our physical body and really focusing on pouring into ourselves to ensure that we are receiving the information that we need to take inspired action towards embodying things that are aligned with our highest good, right? We can talk about all of this spiritual mumbo jumbo and fun, right? But what does it mean if we're not willing to take the time to sit with ourselves and really peel through and think about some of the raw materials that are, or again, dying materials that are kind of sitting on top of our soil that need to be used as fertilizer, right? And need to be transformed into something nutritious so that we can grow the seeds that matter. Remember, that's something that I talked about when Uranus went direct, I think in January. We know what seeds are important. We know what's worth growing. Since we know that, let's get the soil prepared so that these seedlings can pop through when Aries season comes around. Mercury is sextile, this Venus um, conjuncted to Uranus. And so we can let our mind control our value. 
and feel the need to make rash or sudden decisions. So that is also another thing that I I kind of see in the chart where it's like, you know, if even if we have an inspired a sudden feeling of wanting freedom from something or freedom in a particular way if we're not don't have a really solid base on what it is that we're feeling and is inspiring this action um it's really easy to take it in a direction that we do not want right there's lots of times where we have really great ideas or or ideas for ourselves, you know, ideas about the way that we want to do something or something, the way that something needs to be done. But when we don't kind of think about the underlying structures in our minds that impact what things we think are possible or the attitudes and and, um, ideas that we kind of possess about ourselves and about our capability and about what we're truly, you know, about what we're truly capable of, you know, that's what kind of gets in the way of that. And so that's, again, going back to the idea of kind of cognitive distortions and the discernment at the the discernment that you need to interpret what's kind of going on with your mind to make sure that you're taking the proper inspired action. In some instances, you know, it can be sudden decisions that you're making. Sudden decisions can be positive and negative, right? And and so it's being aware and having control of your mind is what, or at least an awareness of what's going on with your mind is what's going to allow you to take advantage of this kind of boost or ah or breakthrough that you kind of feel because it could be for some people that there have been some very nice breakthroughs and surprises that have came through and they may be things that you don't take advantage of because maybe you're not spending enough time creating the time to be able to invest into that because you're using a lot of time and energy worrying about people things and stuff that you don't necessarily have that much control over so you need to kind of back off a little bit right you know and so it's it's that it's being able to realize that um <laughs> and i think what's really important and and great to mention about this Venus Uranus conjunction is that it's sextile the north node, right? And so there is an opportunity. So we're talking about more opportunities. If you put in the effort and energy to again choose to move in a direction that is again centered around being able to nourish yourself. And moving away from old models of success in the physical world and move back, move to a space of embodiment. The thing about this Pisces season is that it's very internal. It's very, very internal. And you're not going to watch and see the turnaround or things that you inspect and that you deserve if you're not taking the time to yourself and be aware of what's kind of going on there, right? Other things with this Venus conjunction to Uranus. Freedom and pleasure. 
is another thing. And so there is this, when we're talking about victimhood or martyrdom, lots of times we rob ourselves from particular ways of experiencing pleasure because we don't feel like we, or we're conditioned to believe that we don't deserve, right? Or we don't think that we have the time to give that to ourselves. And so there is a, and I definitely would recommend reading Pleasure Activism for those who have not read it before, Um, but there is a need to, I think, with this hyper-focus on self that we can kind of take away from this season is there being a need for you to feel comfortable to break down old structures around pleasure, around self-esteem, around valuable, for you to then find freedom and liberation in the way that you particularly embody beauty, pleasure, self-esteem, and value in your own life. And I think that is what's really one of the really important breakthroughs that's kind of coming through and emerging with this full moon. Because in seeing that, that also helps to illuminate the self-deception that's kind of a theme, right? And it's being able to see the ways that you've robbed yourself of that, maybe because you haven't advocated for yourself enough because you felt really bad for yourself. And maybe rightfully so at the time that made sense. But what Virgo Moon again says, okay, cool, like we can fix this. There's something that we can do. Or it's saying in some instances, we cannot fix this and we can go in a different direction or maybe there's a different route that we need to explore, right? We have to remember with the mutable energy is that it realizes that there are a lot of different possibilities, right? Some other things that are kind of coming up over the next couple of weeks, Jupiter is approaching Pluto. Um, And so we're feeling this really intense, again, energy of like decomposition that's kind of coming up in this uh, composting of the soil per se, right? Jupiter um, and Pluto aspects have, um, looking at, um, what book was this? can't find it. I'm not going to look. Okay. Um, the aspects in astrology book that I use, uh, she, the author referred to, she gives different descriptions of the different aspects. And for Jupiter and Pluto, it was mining and recycling, mining and recycling. So we dig and we dig and we dig and we find the materials and we make them into something else. And so that also is why it was very interesting to me, the whole, um, I guess, a lot of what's happening right now financially is connected to oil prices. So we'll continue to kind of see that as a theme. With this um, Jupiter, again, so with the idea of mining and recycling, again, going back to the idea of deep, composition as we're digging up and finding all of these 
kind of gross and yucky things in our lives and in our experience, we're being asked to transmute and make them into something else, right? And it's a a knowing that it's helping to provide a not a foundation, but some of the material for this structure that we're building, right? And so this structure that we're building is going to become a lot more clear and obvious as we go through the year. What I can say for people, some of the breakthroughs are starting to happen now, especially if you've been doing the work. And of course, the breakthroughs are going to look very different for everyone, right? And so as, especially as Jupiter moves into Aquarius, oh my gosh, I am so excited on March 23rd, there is going to be this air of, oh, this is also possible that you might feel um, as you're kind of coming into this thing. So right now it's kind of like an awareness of limitations. The awareness of limitations You will perceive the limitations outside of you, right? But the answer and the solution for these limitations is something to search for within. Four, 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 as I said that. Awesome. Mars is also approaching Jupiter. I don't have a specific date on when it will be um, conjunct. And I think that will be a really great, again, as we're kind of talking about self-deception but also Neptune conjunct the sun is also about vision and it's a sense of vitality that we feel as we envision and as we dream so in addition to this being about really reeling back and kind of taking some time to take care of ourselves and make sure that we're doing what it takes to um, ensure that we have balance and harmony in our physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional bodies of existence, we're also using that time to dream, you know, and using that time to think about possibilities. And the thing is, the self-deception is likely the obstacle that's getting in way of the dreaming. And I think it's, it's not to say that everything will show up on your doorstep tomorrow, right? But if we allow ourselves to dream and kind of change our perspective about what it is that we're ex- experiencing, right? Again, like I said before, this energy is very hangman-like, right? we kind of change our perspective about it, it becomes, oh, you know, since I've changed my perspective about it and where before this idea kind of existed in a particular paradigm that seemed a little bit unfixable, this seems like there's something that I can do about this. I know that I can make an empowered decision to do at least this one thing, right? Or make these particular choices. For me, it's been realizing Especially through, you know, I used to work in the nonprofit industry and I became very jaded um, by what I was seeing. But like I had to remember that the information about what took me away from those spaces was informing what I was looking for and trying to embody in my own life. And so I've had the opportunity to, to think about the ways that I can you know, embody the things that I didn't see, but also cultivate and create a way to share what I didn't see with the world as well. And that's definitely kind of um, shaped 
um, the direction that I would like to kind of go in as I'm looking to kind of like return to school and kind of make these next steps in my life, right? And so I had to stop telling myself a particular story. And it's not that that story was not true, but it's that there are multiple stories, right? And there is a story in there that's empowering and that allows me, that helps to feed my vision, right? And gives me a sense of vitality rather than becoming very draining. And so the thing about, you know, the embodying of the moon aspect of things when we're talking about the full moon is that it isn't necessarily the most fun part to kind of sit in what we're feeling or what we're experiencing, but it is really necessary because then it opens up the space for us to dream, right? The moon, especially moon in Virgo, does all of the really hard, on the ground, messy, task by task, the checklist, the this, the this, the that, the double checking, the advocating, this, that, you know, so that the Pisces sun has the room to dream, has the room to kind of escape and you know twirl in this this mist of possibility right and so it's about freeing up that space for us to do that and so if there are certain things that you don't need to prioritize anymore or at this time because there are things that are a lot more important to pour into because they're related to your purpose and the direction that you're inspired to go into then by all means you have to do that you know, and even if that means slowing down in a way that makes it seem like, oh, damn, well, I don't have the time and energy to do this because I have to take care of my body or I have to do that. Yes, you do so that you can show up in that other way. Right. And so it's being able to know when to slow down and kind of whirl in the mist a little bit. I guess I'm not going to talk about Neptune. I'm going to read these Chandra symbols and then I'm going to be done. Who is that? Sorry. (laughs) You know how like (laughs) those little like cards pop up on the side on a MacBook and it's like a YouTube alert. It was like some person's app. I'm like, I don't know you. Who is this? Anyway, distracted. Let's read the sun first. Because this is what the the sun is, of course, the faster moving planet. It's what the, or the slower moving, let me back up. Let's start with the moon. Because the moon is the faster moving planet and the moon is serving the function. It's saying, look, I want you to do this. It's trying to lead the direction of the sun. It's trying to say, look, girl, we need to do this if we want to get this done. And I posted about this earlier. Virgo, 20 degrees. A caravan of cars headed to the west coast. The need of cooperative effort in reaching any new world of experience. It is difficult to know from the original formulation of the clairvoyance vision, the type of caravan of cars that was visualized. What seems to be clearly implied is a process in which a group of persons are journeying together. Thus, their consciousness and energies, the car symbol, in order to safely reach the goal of destiny. Here, there is no longer any sense of competition, but an ordered and structured endeavor, 
right? And so this is about getting all of the different pieces of yourself in alignment with one another so that you can move in this particular direction. As you can might have kind of picked up on from what I was reading, all of the planets kind of wanted and are in different areas. You know, we think about the planets, they kind of um, bring to life these different parts of ourself, the sun being representative of the totality of self, right? They're all kind of had these missions and visions and are kind of moving in a lot of different directions. And there's lots of sextiles in the sky. So it's about, like they said, an ordered and structured endeavor. Sextiles are about effort and energy. And so I ask you to kind of lean into what is that additional step or thing that I can do that's going to make this worth it, that's going to make all of these different parts of myself move in unison towards this new direction, right? At this stage of the, at this last stage of the fivefold sequence, the past is entirely left behind. Men cooperate in the great adventure in consciousness, in a totalization of purpose and effort, right? So you need to get all the parts of you and all of the parts of your life together so that you can move in accord to get this done, right? And to move into this new direction or paradigm, whatever, you know, I think in the next episode, it, oh, it's going to be so long. Oh my gosh. I'll kind of talk more about like the jar. I can imagine that y'all just get it, but like, I think I can be very jargony at times and I want to kind of explain what the hell it is that I mean. I'm not going to do that right now because I don't have a lot of time left and I want to do just an hour. Um, but yeah, And so uh, this adventure in consciousness and so this movement towards higher levels of consciousness for self involves you getting all, again, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual body of existence all in one accord, making sure that all of these different pieces of yourself are on the same page, right? So that you can see your life moving in one particular direction, even if that involves ups and downs, you'll at least know like, hey, like... I understand my value. I understand the state of my mind. I understand what's happening for me emotionally. I understand what limits and opportunities exist for me physically right now. If you have all of those things in line, right, it doesn't kind of matter what's happening outside of you because at the end of the day, you have at least control over yourself completely, right? And then going to the, the sun. I did not read the sun the other day. So this will be interesting. Ooh, I love it. Oh my gosh, okay. Pisces, 20 degrees. A table set for an evening meal. An indication that in the end and at the appointed time, the event individual's needs will be met among those to whom he is linked by a spiritual or biological web of energies. The significant element in this scene is not only the meal, but the fact that it is an evening meal. To use traditional symbolism, after a long chain of personal existences, the soul returns to its spiritual home at the close of the day of manifestation. There it finds that which renews and amply sustains. The happiness of the beyond of existence is experienced, if all has gone well. This last symbol of the 75th five-fold sequence promises a satisfying or fulfilling end to whatever one has been undertaking. 
As the life closes, the soul consciousness finds nourishment in the harvest of whatever during the whole life has been relevant to the archetypal purpose and destiny of the soul. One of the myriad of aspects of the divine creative word, which began the cycle, right? So there becomes this awareness that Pisces season kind of gets into as we do this deep dive and this deep excavation is that every moment that's experienced is not just about that moment, but all of the underlying things that make that moment possible, right? And so when we think about that in terms of what we're experiencing individually, there are a number of reasons why we respond to and experience our world in a particular way. And because we're at a point in which we're deciding that we would like to move through the world in a very different way, there is this need to, at a very, again, on the individual level, make sense of everything that's happening underneath the surface that makes that impossible. Not that it's actually impossible, but that there's a framework that exists within us that makes it impossible because there is a framework that's programmed within us that makes us feel or act as if it's not possible, right? And so definitely this is a very internal full moon. I hope I got across my point. Um, That's all for this week. I did have an announcement that I wanted to make that I'm so excited to share with you all. I will be having a 50th episode special on April 11th. It will be a live podcast for those who are in the Washington, D.C. area and would like to attend. It will be 25 bucks. It will be led with an amazing Blue Lotus Tea Ceremony that will be led by the amazing and beautiful Sanam. And we'll be doing live questions that I'll be answering. So if you have questions that you want answered and you want to hear them answered on this podcast, send them to me, DM them to me, email them to me, um, or you can show up and I'll be doing live Q&A there. Bring all of your burning astrology questions. It will be in Northeast DC at the um, Hydrated Woman um, Art Lounge pop-up that is in the Yoba store, um, which is on the Monroe Arts Walk. It is such amazing, beautiful space full of so many amazing women artists, women and femme artists from the Washington, D.C. metro area. And it will just be an amazing, beautiful evening, in which, of course, you can get live astrology advice and inquiries answered. And there will also be some refreshments, of course, some blue lotus tea, as well as some takeaways for those people who are attending. Um, The Eventbrite link is not up yet. Surprise, surprise. If you are interested in tickets and you want to get one now, just DM me on Instagram. My Instagram is youwomanyou, and I will be sure to send you the link as soon as it's posted. Um, Other than that, it will be available in my link tree, and once it is posted, I'm going to check the description box of this episode because then you'll be able to find it there and of course on my um, Instagram as well. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I will talk to you all 
in Aries season, which starts on the 19th, which is next fucking week. I'm so excited. Y'all know I'm an Aries. Y'all know I'm about to turn up. Y'all know I'm about to act a fool. The episode is going to be so long because so much shit is happening. And we will talk then. Bye.